Uh, I'm sorry, Sarah. I'm not usually this angry. You're meeting me on a day when I'm like being kind of ranty and telling you that I'm yelling at old guys and like. I definitely nice missed that part. You did. <laughs> While you were gone, I told my funny story for the day, which involved me getting into a fight with an old guy at the dollar store about where the line started. <laughs> oh boy, this is a good way to start. <laughs> Movies, TV, Blu-rays. If somehow you're consuming it on the screen with your eyes, then you'll hear it on Scene and Nerd. Here are the hosts of Scene and Nerd, Casey, Pete, and Matt, with a little help from Casey Franco. Welcome to Scene and Nerd. Uh, we're back. It's been a couple weeks, but... Um, you know, had some stuff to take care of outside of our of our normal podcasting duties here, but we are back and uh, we're ready to go. Uh, joining me here tonight, we have, as always, Mr. I am Salzy. Oh, I was totally trying to talk over you with my microphone muted. Let's go. <laughs> we're great to be back. <laughs> oh, see, nothing changes. Two weeks and it's just like we were just recording uh, just yesterday. Um, Casey's not here. Boo. Uh, aww. Yeah, not aww. boo. It's aw, dude. That's true. That's well. I mean it the same way. Just like boo, but no, aw. Okay. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, and let's see here. Joining us again, like she has in the past, from MoviePilot.com, Miss Rose Moore. Hello. Good to have you back with us, Rose. You know, it's thank always, you so much for having me back. It's always good having you on here, and um. Making a big announcement tonight, if you saw it on Twitter, we announced it earlier, and that was, we have a new addition to Scene and Nerd. Uh, this is something I've been wanting to do for a while, uh, and I'm happy that we're able to do what? it now. with Replace uh... me and Casey? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I've always wanted to add like a blogging section, and, uh, Definitely. and I, we've uh, come across this young lady uh, who, she, you know, she tweets us, her uh, Tumblr about Mr. Robot, and uh, it's been just spot on ever since uh, she's been tweeting to us. Welcome to uh, Scene and Nerd, Sarah Belmont. That's me! <laughs> hey, you guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, um, we're really excited for you to join us, um, and, 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 just, and joining us just in general. I mean, you're going to be doing some write-ups for us with uh, TV recaps, uh, and I'm really excited to have you on and to hear what you have to say. A lot of what you have said in your, your posts are just really good. I mean, you know, like I was talking about Mr. Robot, just just solid stuff that was making me go back and really rethink things about the show. So, uh, And it's, it's made me really excited about the finale. And, and actually, uh, just to let you guys know, we're going to be posting – we're going to be uh, putting up her first post, which is going to get you pre- prepared for the season finale, which is going to air next Wednesday. So – uh, we're really excited about that, and um, again, uh, it's awesome to have you on, Sarah, and a part of the crew. Yeah, it's good to be here. I was telling um, Matt, I was telling Pete before we started that this is very odd because I have three brothers, and I grew up talking TV and film with them all the time, and I have no sisters, so it's just so just it's like chatting with the fam, you know. Exactly, <laughs> I'm used to it. It's my comfort zone. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. You're gonna fit in just fine. Well, wait um, until you meet Casey. He's very <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm just. Kidding. 
Well, what's good is like she's not walking in cold. She's actually heard our show before, so she knows how yeah. how crazy we can all be on the show. So, um, all right, so let us uh, kick things off here. Um, Matt, there's no redactions, right? No redactions this week. You guys totally nailed it. If you didn't listen to Casey and Andy just like bro out, it's pretty funny. So definitely listen to last week's episode. Yeah, they uh, they kind of got into it about One Direction, which I thought was pretty hilarious. I didn't know that the uh, pod was going to take that turn, but it did. And, uh, you know, if you heard a while back, Rose and Andy got into it a little bit <laughs> about Arrow. And, and, I mean, that was like UFC 3000, you know, it was about to Andy's a fun guy to get into it with. <laughs> oh, man. So passionate. He is. Uh, Even with One Direction. We, we I, need to, I need to hear this. I need to listen to last week's now to hear, to hear him talk about One Direction just so that so I can good. make fun of him for it. <laughs> oh, we love Andy. We love Andy. Um, all right. So uh, since no match redactions... Um, we're going to kick things off with uh, new movies this week. So coming out, we have uh, No Escape. That's a new one with uh, with Luke... I mean, sorry, Owen Wilson. Oops. Uh, Owen Wilson. That's at a 40% on the tomato meter. It's so not doing particularly well. Any, anybody planning on seeing this? I know it's a different uh, type of movie he's done. We're so used to seeing him in like a, a comedy, whether it's kind of like a, a Wes Anderson movie or if it's uh, Zoolander. So, I mean... Uh, uh, Sarah, why don't you kick things off? Do you have any interest in this movie at all? Or is it just something you're going to wait till it hits Netflix? Well, I have interest in it because I think the advertising for the film has been really good. You're taking this this film that's about um, a um, a nation that is in a civil war kind of environment, and you have these American tourists who are then trapped as this war is going on and they have to find an escape and it's presented to um, through the advertising as a horror film almost. And so I thought that was really intriguing. My caveat is I have to figure out if it's playing up here. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, Very cool. Thank you. That was a good, that was a good, uh, a good, uh, I didn't, I didn't know that would, that was an issue like um so you get like certain movies or you just get it a little bit later than everyone else we get them a little bit later um especially smaller films and i think this is on the more smaller side than mm-hmm. the big budget we get the big budget films um i mean really god forbid early. you had to wait for like gardens of the galaxy or something like that no that would be terrible. <laughs> i saw that the day it was released oh very nice so yeah um, Rose, what do you do? You have any thoughts on this? Uh, Owen I'm, Wilson I'm actually probably going to see it just because, partially because it's Owen Wilson and he's. I just like him. I love him as an actor. I love him in Wes Anderson more than the comedies. But I'm really interested to see what he does. I'm also kind of interested to see Pierce Brosnan in it. That's another sort of an, an actor that I really like to watch. So. I'm interested in the cast. I'm really interested in seeing the scenery. I've done so much traveling myself, and I grew up in all over the world, but I actually grew up for a chunk of my life in uh, the Congo, in Africa, and the whole sort of expat world and living in other places. And I lived in the Congo in the mid... <laughs> I'm going to sound old, though. I lived in the, the Congo in the early to mid-90s. Um <laughs> <laughs> when I was not a tiny child, but like a reasonably sized child. <laughs> and uh, there were quite a few 
conflicts and wars going on, and I actually kind of want to see it for that reason. I think I may find a fair bit of personal connection to this movie, which probably the majority of people won't, but for those people, they can go look at Owen Wilson being pretty for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, any any thoughts on it? It's just, uh, I, I, I want to see his performance. It's like when... Um, not Terry Crews. What's his name? The guy who's known for all of his comedies did that David Cross movie. You know, like it's a complete oh, change uh, of genre. Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry. Yeah, like, like not even like in his known element. I guess like uh, mm-hmm. completely different. So I'm, I'll probably go watch it just just to see how he how well he does because I'm assuming he does pretty well. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. I mean, the, the trailers look. Uh, the trailers look pretty good. Um, I'm I'm kind of intrigued by it, uh, and you know we'll see how it does. Uh, rounding out the rest of the movies coming out this week, we've got We Are Your Friends. That's sitting at 42% on the tomato meter. And War Room, that is at 18%. So, um, yeah. Not so no winners this so week. So no winners this week. Uh, go watch Mr. Robot. Because um, we're not biased. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's depressing that like the highest rating on this week's is, is a Zac Efron movie about like a... a little DJ really like that's the that's the best one of the three but, that's sad but it's Zephron man he's just he he's he's the best you know? and it's the and it's like the end of August so it's about that time right before you get all of the Oscar bait films and true. the horror films in October so it's the time yeah, of the year yeah that's very true it's it's definitely a time of the year that is not uh, not overflowing with epic films but yeah, I think we got to wait a couple more months for that November when things start I, kicking in. I would suggest, mm-hmm. Pete, if it's okay, I just kind of jump in and talk about it. I went to go see uh, Straight Outta Compton oh, yeah, yeah, earlier today. Nice. And, uh, yeah, like, I, uh, again, another movie kind of based around, like, uh, the early, like, late 80s, early 90s uh, kind of scene. And um, it's, if you don't know, it's all about the rap group uh, NWA and how it's it really takes them on, like, a complete life journey to the present which is really cool. I wasn't expecting that. I thought I was just going to highlight them as a group and then they'll have that cliche of like, and then they went their separate ways, you know, text on the screen kind of thing. But they really went into like a lot of detail and um, I was looking up some reviews and just kind of comments about the movie from people who um, were not like, you know, three like me when all this was going down. <laughs> they were like, yeah, there were a lot of embellishments, you know, like people, they, they interviewed people like who, you know, lived through the LA riots and exactly what happened and in the inner circles of, you know, all those different record labels. And they said it was like, you know, definitely in, like uh, uh, they added some extra details in there and they kind of um, pumped up some characterizations. But I mean, you know, it's it's a dramatization of what happened, I guess. And uh, what I thought was interesting, though, uh, I didn't know this until, like, an hour before I went to the movie, was uh, Ice Cube's son plays his dad. So I was like, well, that's pretty cool. And yeah, I know that. Yeah. Looks exactly like him, so it makes sense. Anyway, go watch the movie. It sounds like there wasn't a lot of winners this past week. So if you haven't watched yet, go watch um, uh, Straight Outta Compton. Good, great movie. It's uh, it's two hours and 20 minutes. So um, it doesn't feel like it's dragging, though, because you definitely feel like you're on, like, all, on a whole journey through them. So uh, pretty good movie. Yeah, you know it's interesting. They made a lot. They made a ton of money uh, opening week, the opening weekend, and uh, I'm sure the uh, movie execs are pretty bummed that they can't turn that into a sequel, uh, because I'm sure they would given the chance. Um, but it's it's good to see that it made like a ton of money, uh, and a lot of people went out and and checked it out. So, something I thought was interesting was uh, when it was getting screened uh, weeks before. Somebody had said that they were in a theater, and when 
people found out that uh, Easy E had had AIDS, they were all shocked and gasped. And I I don't know I, I don't know I wanted to ask you guys um, I I don't know if it's because we're in California like so we kind of I mean I I don't I didn't think that living here would would matter but. Um, would something like that surprise you? Because I don't know. I thought that was more like people knew that in the news. And the worldwide. Yeah, kind of, I thought. Yeah, yeah, I thought. I thought people knew that. I don't know, Sarah Rose. What would you guys? Uh, Rose, what, we'll start with you. Did you know that, or did you? Would you be surprised if you heard? I that? I knew that now. Um, mostly, I'll admit, because my my husband is much more of a hip hop fan than me, and we're both much more fans of sort of 80s and 90s music because we're old people um and but i was never i was living in uh where was i during this sort of during the 80s i was in canada and the states actually um but even getting older i didn't pay enough attention to hip-hop to really know about it um but i do know about it now because i'm starting to get more into the music i wouldn't think it would be super shocking to people who would want to go see the film though yeah, I thought that was interesting, Sarah. Wait, what was the question exactly? I guess, I guess, um, <laughs> I guess, would you find it surprising if you didn't know already that EZA, EZA had AIDS? I guess because you know, like I said, it was. Oh. Yeah. No. <laughs> I guess it's an odd. <laughs> I guess it's an odd question. I just, I, I guess, yeah. I'm, I, I found it interesting that a reviewer sat in a bunch of a theater with a lot of people who didn't, didn't know. And I guess I guess I thought it was something that was more common knowledge, um, and not something people would see be surprised by in an autobiography type. Yeah, there were like yeah. ten people in the uh, audience when I was watching it, and someone gasped, but I, I don't know if it was just like they forgot or like they really didn't know or something like that, because it kind of just came out of nowhere in the movie. So I don't know if that was that. Yeah, it's, still, it's always weird to have people be really surprised by like biographical films because you're going, well, this isn't like. Like, you know, plot twist, yeah. this happened 30 years ago. Yeah, and I guess and that's... <laughs> yeah, that was my thinking. That was just my thinking. And especially since it's 2015, and th- there's not that prejudice against people with AIDS as much as there was back in, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Or at least in my opinion. So um, that is interesting to get that response from reviewers or people who watch the film. Yeah, that was really interesting. Um, okay, so uh, now moving on real quickly to the Blu-rays that were out this week. Um, Aloha, Citizen Four, Two Days, One Night, and Big Game. So that's what's out if you want to go check it out in uh, those red boxes or Netflix. Do um, not watch Aloha. Just saying. If you guys didn't hear it, it was not very good. <laughs> it was not. I second that. <laughs> Super not. No love, actually. <laughs> there was actually no love in that film. Oh, well played. Okay. Oh, point. Sarah's doing pretty well for her first time on the podcast. It's great. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, moving on, this is the part where Casey would come in and, and do his, you know, Joe McHale impression and, and give us his news. But he's in here today. So I'm going to just read a few little notes that I, I kind of saw. Um, you know, because it's kind of, you know, it's. I want to say it's kind of slow right now because basically a lot of movies are are wrapping. I don't know if you uh, are wrapping production. Um, I don't know if you guys follow David Ayer, but he tweeted out this morning a, a, a picture of the entire. Well, it looks like the entire crew of Suicide Squad uh, wrapping production up. 
um, which looked really cool. Uh, so you know, a lot uh, of movies hashtag are... Fresh Prince of No Hair. <laughs> just gonna keep saying it until the movie comes out, until it catches. Uh, so that's uh, so you know that's heading into post, and uh, as well as a lot of other movies. And like you said, it's just a slow time. So just real quickly, um, first up, it sounds like uh, Terminator Genesis. Might not be a box office flop after all. Uh, this is coming from comicbookmovie.com. dot com. Um, so at the at the domestic at here at home, you know, they made eighty nine point two million so far, which is actually really really not good. So um, worldwide, though, it's it's looking at four hundred and fifty to five hundred million dollars. So uh, whoa, yeah. Awesome. So it it raked in quite a good uh, chunk of change. Um, that leads me to this question. If there's another ter- Terminator, are you guys on board, or should they just kind of be done with this? Uh, Matt, kick us off. I don't know, man. I uh, I didn't watch the movie, so I don't know. I'm. It's definitely they're just going for like another popcorn kind of Terminator movie, nothing too super-duper serious, and I think they should just kind of let it go. It's, you know, ice, whatever, frozen joke here, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I just no. No more. Don't even bring Khaleesi in it again, because it obviously didn't help. So, no, I don't think so. Uh, Sarah? Um, I didn't see um, Geniasis, or however you want to pronounce <laughs> this latest one. Um, from what I heard about the film, it completely um, did disservice for to the first two original films that everybody loves and adores. So... Um, but then again, it made money, so they're going to just keep making them. It's Hollywood. That's a good point. Rose? Uh, yeah, it needs to die. Or more accurately, <laughs> it needs to age gracefully away into the background, just like the star of the series. But it's like, it, it's the, the <laughs> first it. two, they're classics. They're perfect, and it's just like, age it away. We're done. Or completely, I wouldn't actually be totally opposed to, like, total reboot, recreation. It's kind of the flavor of the month right now in Hollywood. And I would be cool with that. I'd be okay with that if it was done well. But I'm, like, just, no. Come on. But isn't no, this, like... Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> no, no, but no, isn't ahead. this, like, the third reboot in the Terminations, Terminator series? Sorry. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I can say maybe they could reboot it again. Female Terminator to go with the female Ghostbusters. Well, they tried that, right? Terminator Three. Oh yeah, they did. God, they have some. They have too many. I take everything back. Just kill it. Just they've tried everything. You know they should do though. Franchise into the old movies home and let it like (laughs) feel around and eat mushy popcorn. That's what that franchise. Oh, that's the worst. Um, they should just throw all the money they're going to put at for a new movie into rebooting the Sarah Connor Chronicles. That's what I'm saying. That was an awesome show. I don't know if you guys watched it. No one. No. Nope. Oh, wow. You can almost hear the crickets outside. You're the only <laughs> okay, one. Okay, we need to get my sister on here because we have this just passion for the show and how great it was. And, uh, yeah, it had Summer Glau as a Terminator, so why not? Oh, that's awesome. epic. Summer Glau is amazing. Just give Summer Glau a bunch of money. That's just not, don't not even to act. Film not it. even to act. Just be like, you know what? We just we, we need money. to stop making Terminator movies. Here, Summer Glau, have some money. You're off. <laughs> Lena Headey was in it as Sarah Connor, so it was it was awesome. She's a little tied up right now, but you know, maybe in the future they'll kind of go back to it. Yeah, you never know. Um, 
All right, so uh, moving on, um, Andrew Garfield kind of talked recently about uh, how you know Marvel's gone on to Spider. Uh, I mean, Spider-Man's gone on to Marvel, and now you know they got a whole new Spider-Man, and they're they're uh, you know rebooting it. Uh, and he talked a little bit about it, and basically said that uh, you know there really wasn't much talk about him joining um, at any point. It didn't sound like Marvel and Sony went into uh, the whole negotiation with Andrew Garfield. Uh, in mind to stay as Spider-Man. Now, I, I, just playing hypothetical here, what do you guys think? You know, would you know? Uh, I I didn't think Garfield was was too bad uh, when they rebooted the Spider-Man. There was a lot more other problems with the movies that um, were going that was going on. Um, Sarah, would would you have? What would you have thought of of Andrew Garfield Spider-Man joining the uh, MCU? I'll watch anything Andrew Garfield is in. <laughs> I absolutely adore him. <laughs> He um, he won my heart during Social Network, and he's kept it ever since. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I paid money to go see Amazing Spider-Man 2, and it was a horrible movie, but I got to watch him and Emma Stone on the big screen, so it was well worth it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, Rose? I, uh, I love Andrew Garfield. I think he's absolutely amazing. The issue with having him brought over to the Marvelverse, however, is just that... If they did that, they would have to keep all of the the plot, the information, the details, the backstory from the Amazing Spider-Man movies. And I'm not okay with that. And Marvel wasn't okay with that because they have their own vision for Spider-Man and they have their own story for how he's going to fit in and they have their own ideas of why they're bringing him in for Civil War and you just can't bring in a character that's already been established in a storyline that they don't want and they could so they have to change the actor which is a shame because I like Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man but it just practically wouldn't work sadly uh, Matt Matt is trying to talk to aliens apparently <laughs> um, that is silenced by my glorious wisdom there. I was, I was totally speaking on mute again. I am so sorry. Okay. How did technology work, Mr. Robot? Help me out. Okay. Uh, Andrew Garfield, totally handsome. Loved him in uh, Social Network or Social, uh, right? Yes, that movie. You were right. You were right. Yes. Um, I w- I'm pretty bummed he's not showing up. But, yeah, like you guys said, I mean, they'd have to bring in all the uh, – previous uh storyline stuff into that and um yeah not not a fan plus i I like how they're making him like a little younger it was kind of cool you know a little more uh like appealing to the kids you know so that's kind of something i hate about what they're doing it with it really yeah there's there's too many like 20 30 somethings like that are superheroes right now we need like a kid we need like shazam to come out like now to have like <laughs> just some really like snotty kid that you love to hate and he turns into shazam and he's awesome like we need someone like like spider-man to do that like you know really annoying peter parker and then just have him be spider-man and just like throwing off like one-liners the entire time it'd be so much fun but that doesn't fit civil war but at all have I you know, read civil war at all i i have yes i know but then you have uh, no excuse <laughs> I know, but it was such fun. Civil War is such a bummer. <laughs> but, no, it's not. Civil War is awesome. It is awesome, but it's like kind of sad at the same time. Because they're fighting. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I sound like Andy right now. <laughs> I'm getting the discipline higher. No, um, I see what you mean. Yeah, but 
I don't and know. because I'm just and because Spider-Man is one of those that we have had, like, oh, Peter Parker in high school origin. Peter Parker in high school origin. Oh my God, we get it. We all know where he came from. There is no person like alive today that has access to technologies that's watched any movie that does not know where Peter Parker's come from, or what his origin is, or had a glimpse of him as high school Spider-Man. Like, no, I want to see him as like grown-ass, kick-ass Spider-Man. Grown ass Spider Man. Grown ass Spider Man. <laughs> I do agree, Rose. That um, I do agree that like you know, it would is it, it would have been a good idea bringing Garfield over because you would have had to try to transfer like all that you know. It just wouldn't work trying to bring that Spider Man universe into the MCU. Um, and I think it's the same argument too with like people that want the X Men uh, in the MCU. It just you 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 have to you'd have to reboot it. There's no way you could you could explain. Uh, something like that and have it work cohesively, I guess you could say. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a that's a, a topic for another time. But I just thought that was <laughs> interesting to point out. Um, all right, so uh, running out the news. Um, if you're a Hannibal fan, uh, let's see here. Mads Mikkelsen, uh, or I think I hope I said his right, name right. Um, Eyes Doctor Strange villain role. This comes from uh, HeroicHollywood.com. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen is in early talks to play an antagonist opposite Benedict Cumberbatch in Marvel's Doctor Strange. Um, uh, No details on who he would play, but it's safe to assume that he'll play... um, I'm not going to... I'm going to say this completely wrong, so uh, Miss Marvel over there, Rose, you're going to have to correct me here. Um, Dormammu? Does that ring a bell? (laughs) It, it, uh, I'll be honest and say that Doctor Strange is not entirely in my wheelhouse. What? What? I know. Jinx? <laughs> um, I just shocked everyone completely with everything. Um, that's cool. I don't know either. <laughs> I'm, I'm going, I'm, I would say the same as you. And bear in mind as well, this is, this is one of those things that when you only read it, I could pronounce it wrong as well. Okay. No, no every worries. every every reader has had that moment where they've said a word completely wrong because they've only read it before. It's like made the up Harry comic Potter. Book names. Yeah, made up comic book names. Pronounce it however you want. Dormammu sounds weird as all hell, but I'm guessing it may well actually be right. <laughs> the only experience I have with uh, Doctor Strange is in like Marvel vs. Capcom, like the video games. So, uh, but they do pronounce it Dormammu. In okay, the okay. in the video game, mm-hmm. and uh, the that's the only reason I just know he shoots uh, giant pillars of fire out of his hands, um, and he has a giant cape. That's another good thing. So it's a battle of the capes, I guess, <laughs> if that were to be for Doctor Strange movie. So um, I'm I'm excited to see because it's I mean it would just be his voice. There's no way like unless he'd be like Red Skull style, like just entirely and just covered his face and stuff like that. So we'll see how uh, how that works. All right. I am speaking of capes. Who else is really excited to see Benedict Cumberbatch do like a giant cape swirling exit? He's going to be so good at it. You know he is. I'm eager to see his um his uh his uh mustache goatee games. It's, it's that. <laughs> oh man, you're going to see so much of that at Comic Con next year, guys. It's going to be ridiculous. Like that's going to just be. Wait, the movie comes out next year. Okay, you know what? No, whatever con follows that movie, that's where you're going to see a bunch of. Well, no, actually, Comic-Con will have, I, I would think by then we'll see some trailer or something, of uh, some stills of, of him with with uh, the with that goatee, so I'm sure people will be uh-huh. rocking that at Comic-Con. 
Marvel's gonna skip 2016 also. <laughs> they got nothing coming out next year. No. More time for us to drink at night. So. <laughs> um, Alright, so that's gonna round out uh, the news that uh, usually Casey does. So, um, moving on. Uh, the uh, topic of the night, as we've been doing all summer long, um, is Miss Rose Moore's article over at moviepilot.com. She wrote it... Uh, it came out last week, right, Rose? It did indeed, August 18th. Um, Star Wars 7 and the Death of Opening Night, How movie experience, how the movie experience is changing. Um, now, Rose, uh, tell us a little bit how this article came to be and um, I mean, really, what really was the inspiration behind it. The inspiration behind this was a, a, a combination of the last few times that I went to movies um, because... I went to Ant-Man very recently, which is obviously, you know, big Marvel movie. I've been, I went to, uh, like, Guardians when it came out. Basically, all of the recent Marvels I've gone to and seen them in AVX, which at my theater means that you reserve your seats when you buy your tickets. And because they're all really popular, we had to buy them all at least a couple days in advance for stuff like Guardians of the Galaxy. I think we ended up buying those like nearly a week in advance. And we've reached a point where like we went to a movie theater to see something, I've forgotten what, and couldn't get a ticket on the night. And it was like the third time that it happened. And we sort of went, well, from now on, we have to just buy tickets in advance and then you get the seats booked. And then we went to see something else. Um, where we booked in advance, but they didn't have any seats booked, and went, and we went, and we lined up, and it was this really weird feeling, because it had been a good solid, like, six months, if probably longer, since I'd seen a movie that you didn't reserve your seats on, and it kind of got me thinking, because that particular movie, um, it was kind of a, it was a much smaller one, which is why it wasn't in the big AVX digital 3D theater which is why we didn't have reserved seating and so everyone was just standing in the line looking at their phones which is all anyone ever does anymore um but it got me thinking of like back in the day when big movies would have people lining up and big people big people big movies would have people lining up to buy the tickets in advance and big people probably big people lining up (laughs) for big movies that's you know, comic book guy from The Simpsons is always in that line somewhere. <laughs> and um, you get this, these big lineups, and you had to wait, and you had to spend, you know, three hours before the movie lining up to make sure that you weren't stuck in that crappy seat right in the front row, breaking your neck in order to see the movie. Um, and I started to wonder whether it was a good or a bad thing, because, you know, on the one hand, you don't have to spend three hours lining up, we're busy people we have stuff to do but on the other we've got a new star wars coming out and we've got all these great marvel movies coming out and i'm not anymore seeing people line up in costume i'm not seeing cosplayers at opening night i'm not seeing these sort of nerdy extravaganzas of an opening night and then half the nerds have seen it on advanced screenings, half the people already know everything that happened because they read a review synopsis, and kind of that the whole excitement and the idea of there being one big opening night that everyone goes to and lines up for and no one knows what's going to happen is gone. And I just wanted to discuss that a little bit. 
and I, I feel like it's a it's a fun topic to discuss because you know it's like you said on one hand you can you nowadays you can just buy your uh, ticket and reserve your seat and it, it really does change the movie experience um, you know I myself I, I used to love standing in line um, and uh, waiting hours for a movie when I could do it um, it was a lot of fun um, Sarah did you did you know you said you saw Guardians of the Galaxy the day it, come, it came out did you have to wait in line for a long time or were you able to just go up or and also if you were to would standing in line be something you would want to do to wait for a movie Is Sarah still there? No, I'm still here. <laughs> she <laughs> said no. Were... <laughs> no, wait, but you're talking. How is this possible? Freudian slip. I'm sorry. Um, no, but Pete, you're like going in and out. Um, I live in Alaska. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm Alaskan. Um, I'm thinking back to when I went to see Guardians of the Galaxy and... <laughs> Um, I don't really remember waiting in line, but then again, I live on an island, so there's not many people. So, and I went to a 4 p.m. showing. Smoke monster, no, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. So I didn't. There's only been a few times that I ever distinctly remember waiting in lines for movies, and it's a sad fact. One of those times was for Transformers 2, which absolutely sucked, but I was. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I remember that and it was so crowded in our theater um, because it was the opening day for that movie and there were multiple screenings, but all of the screenings were sold out. And so they had to make us wait like outside of the theater before so that one screening can get let out and then we can go in. And um, a very similar thing happened this past year when I got to go see um, Avengers 2. But, do you but like I, do you like the whole experience of waiting in line though? You know, uh, I don't. <laughs> so I actually always um, strategically plan to go when I can see the movie early, so I don't get spoiled by listening to any podcasts or watching any um, movie, TV show breakdowns. Um, but I also try to go late enough when there's. I don't have to worry about being in a crowd of people. But did you find when you were doing the lineups and stuff, did you did you see any like cosplayers? Did you see people interacting? Or did you see what I did the last time when I was lining up that everyone was just kind of ignoring each other and staring at their phones? Everybody just ignoring each other <laughs> or talking yeah. with their friends. It depends on who you go with. Yeah. So that's kind of the sad thing. And that's that's one of the reasons that I'm not as upset as I as I could be about the fact that it's not really a thing anymore is that the thing that I'm missing, the thing that I think is a shame to lose is the whole experience and the community feeling and the feeling of geeking out with a bunch of other people. And I wonder if, you know, I just, I don't know if people would even do that anymore, which is kind of sad. Matt, what do you think? I don't know. I, I guess I definitely noticed that um, well, first let me preface this with, I usually don't go to midnight showings. Um, I, uh, I usually just go, like, a couple days after before the crowd goes away. Um, not a crowd guy. 
I don't know, sorry, but I do like to talk to the person next to me in line, even if I'm at the grocery store. So I usually make friends in line. Normally it's just like one word answers and they go back to their phone. But I I definitely feel like there's not as much excitement. And I don't mean to, you know, uh, switch up the topic, but I think one of my favorite things that you said in your article, Rose, was that all of that excitement is now at conventions. Mm-hmm. There's like a con like in every city now. And it's because people like thirst for that community. And uh, people are willing to, like, you know, uh, put on, like, their own event just to meet, you know, who's around them and who's excited about, you know, the same things that they are. Yeah, and I actually, I really love that. And it's a funny thing, when I started writing the article, I started writing it from a perspective of thinking, like, I'm really sad about this changing. And then by the end of it, I was describing, well, I was describing, you know, what I was sad about losing and then went, wait a minute, I was just at one of these things, like month ago, two months ago, and I was hanging out with Pete, and I was meeting all these people, and that really was the experience that I'm missing, and it kind of feels like the best of both worlds, like, because, you know, you do get that experience, and you get the cosplayers, and all the enjoyment and the sense of community, and then when you want to go see a movie, you can just, like, stroll in ten minutes before it starts with enough time to buy your popcorn and, and find your seat, and not waste time in your day yes because like like you said pete like you know it was so much fun to do when i was 15 and i had like my my weekends stretched open to the horizon with nothing to do and now you know i'm i'm freelance i'm self-employed i have a dog i have a house i have a life and i don't have three hours to line up for a movie and then two hours of the movie and then half an hour of previews and then half an hour of commuting to and from the movie theater and it's like no that's a full day that i just can't devote to a movie even an awesome movie okay now let me let me speak for the crazy side here um (laughs) and and let me preface this by saying um when i used to do this it was when i was not married and i didn't have kids uh i i used to love standing in line um, I, I, I think it's awesome. Um, and I, I just always, I love that experience and I, I totally get what you, you guys were saying about how you get this, uh, you get this experience at uh, conventions now. And that's, I think that's great. Um, but I, I just, I loved standing in line and, and, you know, I did make friends in line and you talk to people about whatever you guys, um, whatever your, your uh, Interest is it doesn't even have to be the movie you're going to watch. It could be something that you guys are just you know a conversation drummed up um, by somebody. But uh, it was just I don't know maybe because I I sat in line for a ridiculous amount of hours for The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises and Superman Returns and The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix <laughs> Matrix <laughs> Revolutions. Uh, but you wait, hold on. You you sat in line for Matrix Revolution. Man, I feel bad, Pete. Yes, I did. Damn it. Okay, you know what? It was a worldwide Dude. release at the exact same time, and damn it, I was going to be there for it. So um, see, and you live kind of, like that's about exactly it. it. It's it's being able to say that I was there for the worldwide release <laughs> moment of this big movie. It's my experience. Like that is something that I miss. Because yeah, you don't have that anymore. It's like, oh, there's the worldwide release of, like, the release of this movie is random, you know, like, September 15th. But half the people, like, you know, a chunk of people have seen that weeks or even months earlier. Some people, like, you get a different release in a different country. And it's just like, oh, really? 
Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And it's just, um, it's, it's, it was a lot of fun for me. Like I, you know, I, I tell the story sometimes just because it's, it's kind of funny when I think about it. But back when uh, the Dark Knight was released, um, I took an entire day off to stand in line for it, and I got to the IMAX theater. Um, I think at nine in the morning. It was a midnight showing. Uh, I, I came, you know, backpack full of comic books. Uh, I, I came ready to just, just camp out for the day. Um, and what was funny was I got there and I was like, I'm totally going to be the first person here. Like nobody was there. It was totally dead. Um, but then I see these three guys standing like kind of near the theater and, and I'm kind of just sitting in the line they kind of they finally made and these three guys kind of were in the same area with me and they're like hey doesn't the movie start in like two hours and i was like uh no this is the midnight show and they go really they ended up staying the entire time and i'm so bitter that they did not leave because they didn't come with the intention of staying the whole time they came (laughs) with with thinking it was something completely different so i was I was just kind of mad about that. I'm still kind of bitter about that, but <laughs> because I came, no with one is plan. more dedicated than pacing Pete, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That's what Pete would like to say. <laughs> no, it was just a funny story, but I, I just, I love that experience because I remember going to things like that, and people were dressed up. I remember I went to the Dark Knight Rises, and there were people dressed up as the Joker, even though he wasn't even in the movie. But um, you know, it's, 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 it's one of those really fun experiences. I think that that is kind of starting to go away, which is what. Rose's article is about you know it's these because of um, and and this is speaking to the other side now now that I'm I'm married and I have kids and I have to I have to plan for things now um, <laughs> so so booking seats is okay now because there are times I have to plan out if I want to go see a movie that I really really want to watch um, you know like the IMAX in San Francisco uh, just I think I think it was when I saw Man of Steel that I re- I learned I didn't have to sit in uh, a line anymore and and i thought that was kind of cool because i was like hey i can actually you know like you said rose i don't have to devote most of my day to that i can actually do other things but um <laughs> but i i thought it was uh, i thought it was a good idea that they had pre-booking if you want to if you don't want to sit in line you know there's nothing wrong with that but um at least now i'm thinking hey it's there's there is absolutely nothing wrong with that you can pre-book your seats um, but on the other side of the spectrum, like I said, I think there still is room for people to to go and stand in lines. And I I wonder if if most theaters have pre booking or if not, because um, I would assume I would I would assume that most theaters are still moving in that in that way. I mean, are there a lot of theaters near you, Rose, where they allow pre booking, or is it kind of mixed where you still buy your ticket uh, the uh, and, and have to stand in line versus the pre booking? I actually, this is actually something that really interested me after I wrote it and I started talking to people online about what their movie situations were. Where I am now, there's, sadly, most of the independent theaters are gone and there is one sort of um, conglomerate that has about five, and which is a Cineplex thing. And every single one of them has pre-booked seats for at least one screen. Most of them have pre-booked seats for the AVX screens, like the really fancy ones. Um, And they're sort of moving it slowly to all the other screens as well. So it's actually actually pretty rare to see a bigger movie and not have to pre-book it, Hmm. for me. 
like it's actually the norm is the pre-booking side of things and and that's why um, and that's why you you rarely see a lineup anymore and I actually wanted to mention kind of my little story another reason that I wanted to write this is one of the saddest things that I think I've seen is that for um, Age of Ultron, Avengers Age of Ultron I was there for I would say midnight screening but they actually would like 9pm on Thursday I don't know like they just sort of shuffled that midnight screening back and back and back and uh there's no line and there's no real like atmosphere and there's one dude in the Iron Man full cosplay just kind of drifting around looking really sad Aww. like mask up being like oh he's, he's looking where for are his all the friends. people and Aww. this is and this is a guy that I've seen at like so many Marvel screening like not screenings but Marvel like opening nights over the past you know five years and it's like the line has just gone progressively shorter and the number of other guys have got less and there's just now this one dude drifting around in an Iron Man costume. It is heartbreaking. We need to get him on the show next week. <laughs> one day, hopefully, he'll find his war machine. Oh. <laughs> Flips open the mask and it's actually Don Cheadle. Like, it's, it's really touch. <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> How sad we're gonna watch this movie together. How sad would he be if it was Terrence Howard? Oh, <laughs> so sad. he He's went like... there. He went there. Oh man! Oh, I, I had to take my shot. It was there. I had to take my shot. <laughs> um, oh, and quickly, hashtag fun fact: uh, the three guys that I was bitter about, I actually became friends with. So. Um, it was me, just... Casey. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been one hell of a story, though. That no. would have been one hell of a story. So, kind of, kind of close to to how we all met, but um, kind of, kind of. But um, no, I, I think it's. Uh, I think this was a really interesting topic because um, you do have one side that is. You know, I know a lot of people that uh, still do dress up at um, not not just at cons, but they do go to movie uh, premieres and. They get fully dressed up. Um, I know there's a guy over um, at the Geeks with Wives and Capes uh, a podcast. Uh, his name's Will Elizondo. He he is huge uh, into cosplaying. Uh, if you are on, on Twitter, he's at Darth Sparrow. He he um, he's a big Tony Stark guy. So he he cosplays uh, as him a lot. But I know like every single movie he goes to, up even until now, he gets dressed up for in some form and. Um, I think a lot of people like that are still going to keep doing it, um, even if it's pre-booking, just because I think it's a lot of fun. You know, even if you're going to wait there, even if you pre-book, you're going to wait for like a good half hour for, or you know, less than an hour for the movie to start. So I think there's still a little bit of fun to be had, and and with all the movies coming out, uh, whether they're trilogies or you know the MCU or the DCEU, um, a lot of these studios are going to take advantage of the, pe- of the fact that people are are there to watch movie because of movie you know part two because of part one. So you're going to have like the huge marathons like for Avengers you know the movies leading up to the Avengers. Um, I'm sure when Justice League comes out, you're going to have like Man of Steel and then Batman v Superman the whole you know uh, the whole marathon leading up to Justice League. It's going to happen. So I think that there is still going to be a lot of people cosplaying and and, and having a lot of fun. 
um, at the uh, at these premieres. Um, yeah, the, I would I would love to see um, like you know the way they did before Age of Ultron, they did like a whole Marvel like mm-hmm. day long marathon. Yeah, I would love to see more events like that, like you're talking about, but also just events in general, like shut off a little area around you know the outside of the screen by the concessions or whatever, and have like a little social meet and greet thing to sort of say you know what if we're going to take advantage of this. We're going to make people buy more drinks and snacks and whatever and hang out in our movie theater longer and give us more money. But at the same time, then you get to hang out with other fans and sort of get that line experience without having to worry about what your place is in line and whether you're going to get a good seat. And I think that would be a really awesome compromise. Maybe I should just start doing that myself. I'll just start arranging <laughs> like, pre-movie parties at the theaters and advertising it at my local comic book store and being like, guys, let's let's just come down and rock this out together because we can pre-book our seats and eat it too. That doesn't make any sense. I'm like, <laughs> how can I do I have our cake and eat it too? Pre-book our I'm, I'm going for it. Pre-book our seats and eat it too. <laughs> oh, see, this is this is the time, Sarah. This is the time for you to uh, do the party booming, party movie booming in Alaska in Juneau. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I would rather not, but okay. Um, Pete, I think you don't know me well enough <laughs> to propose that I take over that duty around here, be the social coordinator. Yeah, no. That was worth a shot. Um, uh, Matt, how about you, man? You gonna you gonna try and get something together over in Vallejo? That'd be kind of fun. I was thinking of, like, you know, everyone has, like, the unofficial, like, you know, dinner before the movie with their friends if they're going to go to a midnight showing. So uh, it'd be kind of fun to have, like, uh, reach out to some of, like, the restaurants near, like, uh, the area and be like, can we have, like, an official, like, pre-screening Star Wars, like, uh, party in here? We'll section out the whole bar area. It'd be kind of cool. So... Um, yeah, they gave me a really big idea on how to on, on doing that. That'd be pretty fun. But I was going to touch on... I think what we're trying to get at is um, the best part about having all these experiences is the story that comes out of it. Telling your friends about these really cool guys you met online or see the one sad Iron Man. <laughs> it comes out of a pretty good story. What we don't want to happen is like this, like the new, the newer generation, like, like a uh, high schoolers today not have that same experience because it's so much fun. So I think we are going to see, more of like those extended marathon events like um like for avengers and uh for even like uh i think they did it for like um what's that called uh hunger games i think they did a marathon for that too um i think they had like a twilight marathon so i mean whatever your uh whatever you like whatever movie you like if it's like a whole franchise around it i i don't i don't see why they can't just do another marathon like that so um i think just not having them just be done away with it completely is like, ugh, like that would be so sad if that ever happened. That's a good point, um, and hopefully it doesn't. They don't go away or anything like that. Um, and like all the super fans are gonna do it anyway in line. So, like, um, you know, like we're all worried about, you know, is the midnight screening like dwindling? But I mean, we're talking about freaking Star Wars here. Like, <laughs> like it's it's been how many generations now of Star Wars fans and. And uh, it's it's gonna happen. It's it's part of the culture to be a Star Wars fan to get like you know 
like all dressed up and go out with your friends and like quote lines from the movie in line. So I think like that's never going to go away. At least I, I really hope not. Well, yeah, I mean, you got now. I've now I've got this idea in my head. There's actually a a bar opposite our movie theater here, um, because Vancouver's awesome that way. So now I'm just like in my head. I'm going, oh, I know the I know the bar staff here. Not that I'm an alcoholic, just you know, friendly. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, oh, I could totally find a way to like rent this out and have like a pre-screening Star Wars party in December here. This would be amazing, and I think I might actually do that. Ooh. <laughs> Got a got a periscope. Got a periscope that rose. Heard it here first. <laughs> I know, Vancouverites. This is your pre 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 warning that something <laughs> might happen like five months from now. <laughs> now, now adding, Get on it. <laughs> adding on real quickly um, about uh, the midnight showings. You know what's interesting is movies are coming out now at seven to eight o'clock on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. You know, so in a way, unless you want to see the movie at midnight. The whole seeing the movie at midnight first experience is kind of is kind of gone because movies come out so much earlier in the daytime, um, and and you know you don't have to sit around and wait till midnight unless you you want to. Which at this point it almost seems like you. Why would you? Um, right, what do you guys just? I want to kind of end on that. What do you guys think of of the fact that now movies are being shown earlier than midnight, uh, Sarah? Well, it's also interesting that movies now can get released um, overseas before they get released here. And point. through spo- social media, you can um, there can be potential spoilers if you have friends who have seen it <laughs> before you even get to. Yeah, and there's always someone that leaks a, a bootleg online. Um, mm-hmm. Matt? Um, yes. Wait, boot, wait, what? Bootlegs? <laughs> what are you... No. Are you, are you accusing me of doing Oh, no, did that, did that come off like that? Sorry. No, I just meant that as as you are the next one to talk about. You did, like, a beat, and you went, Matt. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I will chime in on pre-midnight screenings, yes, Pete. Uh, how it works in, like, because, um, like, you I mean, you have, like, those events, like, in, in, the, in, like, San Francisco. I live outside of San Francisco. And um, out in, like, kind of the suburbs area, they usually have, like, the one screening on Wednesday, and then they have, like, the earliest on Thursdays are, like, either 7 or 8, depending. So, like, for Age of Ultron, it was at 8. And what uh, I was getting from Twitter, my friends who went to that were, like, a lot of families, a lot of kids, a lot of teenagers, because they want to be home in time to go to uh, school the next day. Um, but there's something extra special about that midnight crowd. Um, I want to do a quick redaction and say I was totally a midnight guy before. Now I'm not because I am a crotchety old man, apparently. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so, like, the midnight crowd, something about it, there's a lot of buzz in the air. That atmosphere that you're talking about, Rose, that is totally electric in, in for a midnight crowd. You get people cheering, people shushing each other during dialogue. That's my favorite part. When people are, like, still laughing, I'm like, shut up! Stop laughing and listen to the movie. Like, it's, it's there's so much, like, passion in that crowd, so it's, it's really cool. But um, I think that um, nothing's going to replace that midnight crowd, but I, I like the idea of going at, like, 8 o'clock. And like just sitting there and being in in bed before midnight because I'm in bed now. <laughs> uh, Rose, did you want to? I think I think that's actually really cool to hear, Matt, that you still have that where you are because for whatever reason here in Vancouver, because they've started doing the quote midnight screenings at like eight o'clock on a Thursday instead of 
midnight for a Friday release film, you get like one show at eight and one show at like nine or ten on the Thursday, and then you have the normal times again on Friday. And the latest shows are usually before eleven, which is so expletive annoying for me because. A, I'm a total night owl, and B, my husband is a chef, and he finishes work at 11 p.m. So it used to be that we could go and get this midnight screening and fit it in after work, and that is gone now. And that personally bugs me and everyone else who works nights and works in bars and restaurants and works until 10 or 11 p.m. and now can only see a movie on their day off. That's annoying. And it's like, I get that it's great for, like you say, families and, and kids to be able to go see a movie and still get home and be up in time for school and stuff. But I also think that's a little bit sad because it was, you know, when I was much younger, there was something that made it even more special about being able to stay up past your bedtime. Like it made it right, even right. more exciting and even more of an experience that you were doing this kind of like kind of different exciting thing that's almost like a little bit naughty like oh I'm staying up past my bedtime all oh, this is really cool and now it's it's taking away another layer of it being really special and because we don't actually have a midnight screening anymore they only do the earlier in the evening ones we don't get that crowd like really at all there's a little bit of the excitement actually watching the movie that you were talking about and like having the whole cinema very loudly react which is really awesome it's so much fun but you still you don't get the whole experience anymore and I'm just bitter because I like seeing movies at midnight because I stay up till 3 a.m. every day but you know the world should revolve around me we know this we've established <laughs> so you've learned so we, we have a few jobs for you Rose number one uh, you got to make friends with the Iron Man guy number two <laughs> you guys got to spearhead like uh, like a, a, a pre-game <laughs> and then number three, you got to get the crowd going. You're the, the guy's fist pumping in the seat and stuff like that. So bring some life back into bed. I'll make myself like a Marvel cheerleader outfit and just go. stand in the middle of the, the theater. And I say civil, you say war. <laughs> okay, maybe you should come and stand in a cheerleading outfit because you've got the chance already. No, people want to watch the movie afterwards, not go home sick. So it's, it's, <laughs> oh well that was a good discussion guys um rose that was such a good article you, you wrote and and a fun discussion that we could all talk about tonight well thank you and i'm really stoked that you liked it so much and that you wanted to make it your your topic for the week and have me on to talk about it because you know that's really cool that's really nice of, you. <laughs> of course and uh you know of course we'll have you back on as uh this the fall tv ramps up it's our our favorite time of year when uh, a lot of oh, our favorite shows are so coming Oh, so exciting. Back. All the new shows, all the favorite old shows. I'm so excited that I'm Yay. singing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be <laughs> When sick. I say Rose, you say Rose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're not we... doing that? <laughs> oh, wait, everyone is. Sorry, I'm, I'm still coloring the signs. <laughs> too early. Hurry up, oh. not. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, um, so, <laughs> so just before Rose departs here, Rose, let us know, uh, let everyone know uh, where they can find you at. 
Okay, well, obviously you can find me at moviepilot.com. You can find all of my articles at moviepilot.com forward slash Rose Moore. You can also find me on Twitter at at Rose Moore Writes. And as of next week, this is not quite up yet, but as of next week, you'll also be able to find me on my website, which is www.rosemorewrites.com. What? That's awesome. That is very cool. Uh-huh. New website, new blog stuff going on that as well. So right. you heard it here first. <laughs> Seen and nerd exclusive. Oh man, that's awesome. Thank you for that. Um, Sarah, I totally heard you. It's okay. I got you, friend. <laughs> Hold on. What did Sarah say? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Lies and deceit. I'm not saying web. You say site. Web. <laughs> oh, see, Sarah, oh, Sarah's getting Sarah. along with us already. She's fitting You're in awesome. quite well. Um, I try. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us, Rose. Um, and we will see you uh, soon. Yeah. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. Enjoy talking about the show that I know nothing about. Yes, we want <laughs> you. That's you. That's your homework. Go watch That's Mr. Robot. homework, as well as meeting Iron Man and uh, spearheading a, a pre-party. I got a lot of work to do, so I am going to head out. Bye, guys. All right. See you, Rose. Bye. See ya. Oh, all right. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to we, – we got a lot more to talk about here. Um, you know, there's uh, – TV talk is, is a little bit kind of like we've said. It's been a little rough because there's not a whole lot – for us to talk about, you know, Halt and Catch, Halt and Catch Fire ended, um, and it's just like, you know, we 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 kind of stopped talking about the hundred for a little bit. We are going to get back into that, but that's going to be more of a thing where uh, I think we're going to just kind of sum up the season in one show. We're going to kind of just do our feedback on that. About the one hundred, you guys, um, I I was so happy you were starting to cover it, and then you slowly stopped. <laughs> I feel like our initial discussion was like 20 minutes and then it was like 15 and then like 7 and then we're like yeah we're just not going to talk about it no we're, we're going to finish it up we're, we're men of our we words are. so we will yeah. we will wrap it up and then it'll be interesting to have you on Sarah because I know you're a big 100 fan so or sorry, you, you watch it like week to how, week like a normal person you know how do you how do you know that I'm a 100 fan I'm really confused I thought you well you know what? no it was in your tumblr wasn't it or something Pete the stalker. I I saw it somewhere. (laughs) Maybe I am. I don't know. It's okay. I am. It's okay. It's a good assumption to make. It just threw me off when you're like, yeah, I know you are. I'm like, I heard, like, I think me being an Arrow fan is more prevalent. I know you're you're an Elicity shipper. I know you're an Absolutely. Um, uh, No, but, you know, no, no, I remember, uh, you know, because Twitter um, shows you conversations with friends you have. And there was one that you had posted about the hundred, and I saw it because of the hashtag. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's I was like, okay. So I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, good. She can when we have her on the show, she can kind of, she can kind of fill things in for us that where I know we had a lot of questions about thir- certain things with the show that have been happening um, so far that we still do have questions on. But like I said, we are going to do like kind of a wrap up of season one. We, Casey, Matt, and I have talked about that. Um, we are going to just cut it off. Um, out of nowhere so um but we are going to get into uh tv talk tonight with uh <laughs> no <laughs> with mr robot uh oh okay. yes yes why what were you thinking <laughs> no um i think i'm having like internet problems oh okay that's all right that's all right um 
All right, so Matt, <clears throat> you caught up yes, on the last I'm few episodes. not talking with aliens. <laughs> you caught up on the last few episodes, right? I sure have, and wow. Let's just, like, if you didn't see Sarah's, like, tweet, like, the series of, like, GIFs per episode, it was just so spot on. It I was, was right. almost It was almost like spoilers, because I read the last few, I'm like, I don't know, why should I react like that? And I totally reacted like that. It was just popping <laughs> off, guys. Ridiculous. Oh, you're talking about my Tumblr post with all the gifts. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Okay, okay, okay. I think I retweeted that, so go check it out on our timeline. But it's pretty, it's pretty hilarious, and it's about spot on. Um, oh, it's with so good. It. It's 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 hilarious. I mean, I love if you if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I love gifts. So it's um, so a gifs. Yeah, gifs. Sorry. So so doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't. Dang it, Matt, stop it. Um, uh, so, you know, her. So each one for each episode was like just perfect. It was just so perfect. Um, now, you know, the season finale got postponed because uh, some unfortunate event, events this past week. But, um, you know, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, without going into too much detail, just side note here uh, Sarah's first post is, is coming very soon. We're going to have it. She's going to get you all prepped for the. For the uh, season finale of, of Mr. Robot, um, Sarah, what are you looking forward to the most with the season finale? I'm just I'm missing a um, piece of the puzzle right now that I am in dire need for because we have nine po- nine parts and we're missing that tenth one. Um, I don't think there it's going to be too. We're not going to get too many answers because um, the showrunner has already come out and said that he there's an intention for this to go on for at least four more seasons, which is great. <laughs> um, so but I, I wanna I want to see what's gonna happen between Tyrell and Elliot because they're now I mean that final scene in the ninth episode, there was a clear al- allegiance being formed there. Um, and so I'm really interested to see in this next episode what will happen that can take them into the second season as being partners to take down e- E-Corp. Um, and that'll be interesting, especially since it looks like Angela's also aligning with E-Corp um, with that proper proposition that Terrence Coley gave her in the last episode. Matt? Yeah, she was very much like, no, you're totally, like, in the wrong. And then, like, that lingering gaze, like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. I am going to be broke. <laughs> Maybe I should just, like, totally slam them for my peace of mind and then just get a job from them. And then just, like, totally never feel clean ever again. Well, sorry. Um, it's interesting that Angela, the meaning of her name is Angel, and she's a very naive, um, innocent person in this world that they've built in through Mr. Robot, um, this version of New York City. And um, and throughout her storyline has always been, she wants justice for what happened with her mother and uh, what happened with Ellie's father. And yet she, every attempt she makes to get that justice, she's always having to um, make um, bargain with her own morals, like make the deal with the devil. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, like uh, she had that that day. I forgot what what why she was in a big tussle. Oh, was it when she found out he was cheating on her? But and then like she was hanging out. Um, 
oh my god, I, I was so sad she died and I forgot her name. Shayla. Uh, yeah, hang out with Shayla and they like totally like mm-hmm. dropped, you know, popped the molly. They sweating everywhere, and then like started making out. So then like I definitely I never noticed that until now. Yeah, every time she's like, I gotta do this for the good of humanity. First, let me do some drugs and then <laughs> totally forget about it. No, I wanted to ask you guys, because, you know, I haven't talked to you, Matt, in a while about Mr. Robot, and Sarah, this has been here, this is your first time. Um, the episode following the death, death, death of Shayla, did uh, you guys have a moment where you're like, what's going on? Because it didn't say flashback. It just kind of went right into when he first met Shayla. Yeah, um, I... Oh, well, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, well, I remember watching the previous episode ending... And uh, there's that scene where Elliot's just coming back from Steel Mountain and then Vera's on the phone. And it's this realization that Vera took Shayla. So I am totally on the wrong episode now. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Let me jump ahead to the next one. I'm I'm imagining you like just pulling off giant binders. From, like, your giant library wall of your notes on this show. Matt, you have no idea what's in front of me right now. (laughs) PowerPoint presentations. You got, like, seven. You're like Felicity. You just have so many screens in front of you. Just for the hell of it. Hey, if I could be anyone, I would be Felicity Smoke, okay? (laughs) And she would be totally into Mr. Robot because it's totally... So the episode where the flashback in one of the best episodes of the season, I I figured that Elliot was just walking back from the night before when he left the prison yard, um, having seen that Shayla's dead. Mm-hmm. So I I I was I was I knew what was going on, and then when you saw the moving van, I figured oh so th- there was a time jump. And so maybe somebody's moving into Shayla's apartment. And then slowly I put together the pieces um, that, wait a second, is that Shayla? And then she knocks on the door and you realize this is a flashback. Okay, interesting. Because I just like I just wanted to ask you guys, Matt, Matt, did you think the same thing? Or what, did, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I got totally fooled. I was like, oh, okay, it's, some days have passed and mm-hmm. Elliot's still thinking about her. And then... When they start having the conversation, I'm like, oh, he's having one of those moments where he's just thinking about Mr. Robot, and then he's just thinking about Shayla now and talking to her like she's really there. And then, oh, wait, this is a really long conversation. Oh, wait, now they're downstairs on the stoop. So I'm like, oh, this is – and they're talking like it's the first time. So it was then I got real. I realized, yes, it is a flashback. <laughs> now, a lot of things are uh, happened in this last episode. You know, we had um... – we had Angela and Darlene uh, talking um, like they known each other for a long time, uh, which was very interesting. Uh, Matt, what did you think of, of that? And, and at any moment were you like, are we going to get an explanation? How do they know each other? Is it just because they just happen to know Elliot? Uh, what did you think? At that point, I was like, okay, this is where the reaction uh well, almost said gifts. Uh, reaction gifs come in. Um, I was like, wait, they do ballet together. Wait, is that a wait? How do they know each other? I was like, this can't be like the first time they're meeting. 
Although it, that's what I thought the first time. And they're like, well, you get to hang out with me. And then she was like, oh, yeah. And then I was like, wait, hold on. What? Hold, everyone stop. <laughs> Just let me think about this for a second. <laughs> and then it kept going. And then you find out that, like, you know, they they really know each other. And they both care about Elliot. And like, wait, how does Angela know about Shayla? Oh, not Shayla. Um, oh, you just said her name. What's her name again? Uh, Angela. Uh, Angela? No, Angela. Darlene? And- Darlene, yes, sorry. I need I need notes in front of me, too. Um, okay. Yeah, I was like, how do they know each other? And then I was like, and then, the, of course, the episode progressed, progressed, and then we found out what happened towards the end. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Doing backflips, like, I have no idea what's going on. So, um, well well done. And I agree, yeah, it's one of the best episodes, I would say, that uh, the season so far. That's actually a different episode than what I... Oh, what's it? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh, I mean, man. you're not wrong in saying that. Those two episodes, like, truly is when I fell in love with the show. But, <laughs> yeah. When you watch them back to back, it's like all one big movie, which is crazy. I mean, that shows, like, the, the, the strength of, like, the editing and uh, direction of the show. is like they all flow seamlessly together, you know. Right. And that's and, safe. <laughs> and there's different directors for these episodes. Yeah, so it's like all like just everyone's on the same page on how the flow of the season goes. But um uh yeah, next next question, Pete, what you got for me? Come on, um, Pete. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, wasn't it supposed to be a quiz today? Like what what happened with that? Well, actually, Sarah, Sarah said she had had questions for. Did you have any questions for us? Okay. Uh-oh. All right. Uh-oh. Who is more interesting? Tyrell or his wife? See, That's after the whole question. baby thing, I don't know anymore. <laughs> I I... Okay, no, no, go, go, uh, you can start, Pete, if you no, want. No, I was just going to say, I couldn't believe what she did uh, to um, uh, full, or to to get the cops off, you know, basically shoo them away. Yeah, and, and I was just like, wow. Like, it just was like, whoa. Um, but I, you know what? I feel like we've seen quite a bit of Tyrell, and we're going to get to see more of him, and, and I can't wait for you guys to see what what uh, Sarah wrote, because she really gets into his character. Um, but I, I kind of want to say the wife, because we don't know much about her, um, except that she, you know they're obviously trying to work towards the same goal, um, and even the moment when she realizes that her husband did kill somebody, she doesn't panic. She improvises, and and I thought that was really interesting. Uh, we didn't her. need to see the bloody fork. That's all I'm saying. You know, you, didn't need to see it. It was didn't, super gross. <laughs> you didn't need to see that. That was just you know. That's them pushing the boundaries, but you know. They could have said it in words like, "By the way, I faked it" or whatever. <laughs> He's like, "Where's that fork you were using?" You know. Now I didn't need to actually see it. It was ah, oh, it was totally disgusting. Yeah, it, it was. But that would I would say for me at least, uh, the wife is probably. Uh, the most interesting, at least for uh, just because I want to know more about her. I feel like there's right. a, another, a, there's a whole thing with her going on that we haven't learned about, and something I I, I would think we're going to get to learn about as we get into season two. See, well, now I'm a terrible human being, and I think Tyrell is like, I I love his character arc where he's like in the beginning he's so like, you know he knows what he's doing has a clear vision. He's, you know, great at manipulating, you know, shades of Frank Underwood and um, ex- and like all of a sudden he's just unraveling. Like, I think 
she like his wife literally says don't unravel now but he's totally doing it and he loses his job and then he's just like freaking out and stuff like that and um i really enjoy seeing like him act through all that emotion just trying to keep it together but at the same time he's a psychopath so he can't and um yeah i'm enjoying him the most right now i think he needs to stop acting like a cold robot which is a quote from episode three bam Nailed it. Knowledge drop. <laughs> which which volume in your series of notes is that in? in Shut up, Roman, Matt. <laughs> Roman numeral VII. So um, another thing that I've been um, thinking about in terms of the show is Gideon. Um, because when last weekend when I started to rewatch, because I was aware of the final exam that was going to take place tonight, <laughs> um, I um, we are introduced to all of these characters outside of Elliot through Elliot hacking into their um, lives that they lead on the internet. The I have not seen Elliot go into an explanation about what he's found on Gideon. Which is interesting. Yeah. And there's that... Matt, you there? Oh, no, I was just agreeing. Oh. Yes, that is correct. Oh. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, I, too, have not heard him <laughs> Gideon being hacked. Yes, continue, please. Right. And then there's that scene um, in the first episode when Elliot and Gideon are flying back um, after... Um, they resolved the issue that was going on and prevented the hack to occur. And out of nowhere, Gideon just looks at him and is like, you know I'm gay, right? And there's no, like, shot on Elliot's face for us to make us believe that Elliot already knows this information. So it's just an interesting um, thing for them to put there, especially so early on in the season. Hmm. Um, and also, Gideon means destroyer. And Elliot is derived from the a Hebrew, Je, the Hebrew word Jehovah, which means God. Mm. So I'm not saying; I'm just saying. Hashtag just saying. Hashtag <laughs> just you saying. heard it here first on Scene and Nerd. Hashtag, Hashtag. what is happening? My head is exploding. He's getting he's kind of executed. He's like fucking shit up for them, you know? He turned into the honey pot. He didn't know. Elliot's like freaking out too about that. Man. Mm-hmm. He's... Dude, it all makes sense. But he's a really Hashtag good guy. Yeah, well. What are the, what is he eats the old... breakfast in bed, man. He is a good guy. Well, it's interesting that Gideon's a really good guy on the show. And so we view him as um, a hero as a father figure for Elliot and then we and there's potential there because Gideon is getting closer to the truth about what Elliot has been doing this whole time and meanwhile we paint Tyrell as the bad guy in the season and Tyrell has never not done anything to directly hurt Elliot this season but his his association was is with Evil Corp. So and that and we he he punches homeless people and chokes people to death. That's probably why we think he's pretty evil too. That's the uh, yeah. that's, that's a Patrick Bateman side of him. Um, yeah. Hashtag he and he murders people. 
and he murders people. Many yeah, people. which that that reaction, I was really surprised that when he stopped choking uh, uh, that woman, that and he was, you know, he realized he killed her. Uh, he just kind of had this panic attack and, and freaked out. <laughs> it wasn't the reaction I was thinking he would have, um, and and clearly it wasn't part of his plan, uh, him and his wife's plan to, you know, uh, blackmail his his boss. It was it was just that. That kind of threw me off because it really made me wonder, and and with what everything Sarah's talking about Tyrell, it, it makes you wonder how much of a threat he really is to Elliot, and what he really is, what he really will be to Elliot um, when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he had that, that big speech where it's like, you know, I choked someone out with my bare hands, and I felt a wrong a strong sense of power, and I'm like, oh boy, now he wants some more. He's putting on the gloves, snapping yes! them very, very evilly. And uh, I was like, wow, okay, so he got the, the, the thirst for murdering now. What if he wasn't so bad after all? And he just, like, got fired. He missed out on his, on his job. And I, he, he's in a position where I'm like, you know, I feel kind of bad for him. And then he starts, and then he's like, you know what? I think murdering I like. And I'm like, okay, never mind. You're immediately a terrible person. But see, it's interesting because he can murder one person and feel okay about it. But then he does it again and he doesn't. He freaks out. So I wonder if he thought it was cool and then he did it again. He was like, oh, you know what? This isn't a good idea. Um, so it makes it, it makes it, I mean, he's clear. He's such a flawed character. So it, to me, that makes him a flawed character because you don't know. He's so confused on what he wants and what he's doing. Wait, who right. who did he kill earlier in the season? I forgot. I think he was talking about the homeless guy. The homeless guy. guy. He didn't kill him. Do we him. know he's dead? Oh, he knocked him out, well, but he I mean, didn't kill him. Well, I mean, he beats the crap out of the guy. I mean, I don't know. He, I Just, guess he I mean, didn't kill him, but he... he yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a That thing was the too... first time he took a life, you know what I'm saying? And then, like, he was like... He had a profound attachment to it, apparently. I, yeah. I don't... Okay. I don't think Tyrell could have given that monologue um, at the end of episode nine if he had killed that homeless guy. It wouldn't have made a sense, because... Then he would already be a murderer. But who knows? Maybe he didn't realize that homeless guy died, just like we didn't. So you could be right, Pete. You could be, but you're not. <laughs> you could be right, but you're not. <laughs> sorry, I'm very sarcastic. I'm sorry. About about time we got some uh, some tension in here. It was getting it was getting a little too chummy, as Rod Swanson would say. It's getting too love actually up here. <laughs> um. So, uh, so jumping into the you know the season finale, it's coming up. There's going to be a lot of things happening. Uh, Elliot, you know, just realized that he um, he has a sister. He that his he sister? Might, yeah. Oh my god! Um, can we talk about that? Sorry. No, no, we can. We totally can. Um, <laughs> Did anyone else was like, I had to pause it and I threw my hands up and I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? And when he they... said it. No, no, Sorry, ahead. but was it when they kissed or when she's like? Did you forget again? Yeah, when she said again, I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. What do you mean again? He's like, yeah. oh, I know. You're my sister. I pause it and like, I I did my Elliot impression and my eyes <laughs> popping out of my head. And I was like, what is going on? This is some Game of Thrones shit I wasn't ready for. <laughs> you didn't immediately think Star Wars? That's where my mind went. <laughs> I didn't, wow. didn't even think about that. Or immediately was the Game of Thrones. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like I I didn't see that coming. Um, I called, you know, I think a lot of people called the whole uh, Mr. Robot, uh, Christian Bale, or not Christian Bale. Holy crap, Christian Slater uh, was a figure of his imagination and this and that. But I didn't see 
uh, her being uh, his sister. I was like, where did this out of left field? And then, yeah, of course that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, for me, I struggled at the beginning when I started watching the show because it's like this is so obvious that Christian Slater isn't real, and then you have two two or three episodes right there in the middle where they start having him interact with other people, so you start to second guess. But when I realized like it was the father, that made me think, okay, they're trying, still trying to maintain originality with this, um, because I think it, um, in comparison with Fight Club, it makes the idea that Elliot's created this person who isn't real that much deeper and layered to have it be in the have him um has to have his imaginary friend be in the form of his father because Elliot's constantly hiding which is brought up a bunch throughout the throughout the show and um he's hiding because he when he was younger he lost his protector and um that's really sweet to have that paternal bond be so strong that it survives even after death. Hmm. And I, you know, I wanted to ask you about um, the whole, you know, imagining his father. Then it, it really makes you wonder who is who is it then that he's talking to? Because you know that was my original my my original or our original theory really was that it was like Fight Club where he was Mr. Robot. Um, you know, it was him the whole time, and uh, it, just. And I say that I feel like that theory has kind of been squashed a little bit. And I say that because um, we've seen Christian Slater's character inter- interact with a lot of people about a, a lot of specific things. And and if you compare that with Fight Club, Tyler Durden, you never saw that. Uh, it, whenever he was talking to uh, a group of people, um, Edward Norton was always next to him. Uh, you know, so with with with, and see to me that's the big difference with Elliot and and Christian Slater's characters is they're not always in the same room, and and like I said they're talking about he's talking about very specific things with people. So I don't. What did you think about that, Sarah? Okay, I'm a, I'm a little confused because so you, you still don't think that you you wait you still think that Christian Slater's character is real? I think that. If he's imagining, I, th- I, I, I agree that he could be imagining that that's his father, but it makes me wonder if it if it's somebody else that he's he's using as, what do I think? There's somebody he's, he is talking to, but the person he's talking to is in the image of his, of his dead father. And, and I say it's, it seems different because we've seen Christian Slater's character talk to different people without Elliot in the same room um, about very specific things. If that makes okay. sense. No, it makes sense, except for episode nine, there's a scene in the graveyard where Elliot's at the tombstone, and then Christian Slater's character disappears. And How Elliot... great was that scene, where he just exactly. like kneeled down on mm-hmm. his own gravestone? How cool is that scene? Sorry. Right. And then, and and he he looks into the camera, and he says, I am Mr. Robot. So, Pete, did you watch that? I'm... I did. Now I'm. No, I, you know what? No, I need to. Honestly, I need to rewatch that because I'm. And then they had the whole flashback him. scene with the twenty dollar bill that Elliot right. stole. So it is his dad, but he's like, it's it's. I see where you're going with the, with that, Pete, because it's confusing because he's a Elliot's imagining his father's reactions to what he's doing. 
So there's that level but of what, it. What but there's also scene? the level of like him. Uh, we see Christian Slater, Mr. Robot, talk to characters without Elliot in the room. So mm-hmm. how did that right. work? Right. That's, that's, well, that's my question. Yeah. Yeah, and that threw me off for a moment. It made me second guess my prediction about um, the whole relationship. But rewatch those scenes okay. because, in my mind, you can picture Elliot in place of Mr. Robot in each right. one of those. Right. Right. Okay. So, so, and that's so clever, and it just works back into the idea that. In all, any time when Elliot and Mr. Robot are in the same room together, they're also um, mirroring one another's movements. There's a great scene early on where they're walking into the arcade, and Mr. Robot lifts up, um, removes his hat just as Elliot is removing his hood. Oh my God, Sarah, you are blowing my mind right now. I need to go back and watch this. This is ridiculous. I'm usually pretty good about spotting stuff like that. Okay. When wow, we get okay. when we get her post up, your mind's gonna be blown even more. Just, just <laughs> it's wait. called I rewatched, <laughs> <laughs> and I analyzed, and I didn't sleep. <laughs> but frame so, by frame, <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> but but I, I love this. This, this is fun though. This is the fun part of DVR. This is the fun part about getting into a show, like really connecting with these, not only just characters, but just like visual style Mm -hmm. and direction and editing and just noticing those little details makes it way more rewarding to watch a show so great as this. Right. And I can't I mean, I'm sure that there were, there have been seasons or other shows, but this show in particular, the details to matching the dialogue with the the scenes and um, to represent or to add text to the dialogue. I don't think that made any sense, so I'm going to try to rephrase it. <laughs> what I mean is there's this brilliant relationship between the screen and the dialogue in this show that adds so much more meaning to what we're watching, and that makes rewatching that much more fun because you can spot all the Easter eggs. And even though you know now that Mr. Robot isn't real, going back, you can pick up on the mimicking between, or the mirroring between Elliot and Mr. Robot and um, and a lot of other things that I've explained in previous posts or the one that um, Pete has yet to release. So. Yeah, I was super ready to read that. Oh, like, <laughs> I'm good. I'm ready to watch the finale and then like the day after to start episode one, like just to rewatch the whole series. It's just a it's a pretty looking show. That's just what it is mm-hmm. too. It's just like visually appealing. Well, it's like I I think when we first started talking about Mr. Robot, I had said it has like an independent movie feel to it, and and they've done a tremendous job of of just maintaining that consistency if not um, expand it uh, and, mm-hmm. and make it so much more interesting than what it, how it started. And it's, that's just a credit to the writers and the showrunners. They've just done an amazing job in this first season. And, and I feel like there's so much more that, that's, that's, you know, what is it? What's the saying? There's so many more stones left unturned, uh, yeah. which makes, is going to make for a really fun uh, season two uh, moving forward. So, uh, so are we doing right. predictions now? Um, can I make one more point okay. real quick? Yes. Well, I don't know if I can be quick, but um, it's 
it's funny how this show is very small because it's just Elliot's story. It's his narrative. We're his imaginary friend accompanying him as he tries to take down Evil Corp. That's a really simplistic story. And yet, within the span of nine episodes, not even ten, they've created this universe that is relatable, filled with characters that are interesting, active. There's not another, like, there's not um, ancillary characters within the story that I feel bored by or I don't understand why we need to see them in this episode. They all add to Elliot's story. So, yeah. I just want to say that. Every character services his character development. Is, exactly. Is that correct? Right? Yeah. Right. I totally agree. Even like uh, Ben Rappaport, his character, uh, the, the, the cheating boyfriend, he like, mm-hmm. his whole, his like, the only thing he does on screen is just fail. That's his job is to fail. <laughs> he's like sweating up a storm. He's like wussing out on delivering hard drives. He's like, uh, you know, getting a mix CD and then like totally wrecking his like relationship. He's just totally there to fail to drive the narrative. And like, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's just like, like you said, uh, no characters are wasted in any episode. Yeah. Um, okay. In let me see, I'm gonna test you guys. In 30 seconds or less, give me your prediction for season finale, uh, Sarah. Um, <clears throat> can we talk about why it was postponed? Um. Well, I believe that they said and there was a scene uh, in particular scene in the in the show that more or less kind of mirrors what happened in Virginia. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, so that that'll be interesting because I, I saw somebody tweet out uh, right after it got announced that it was being postponed because of that. Uh, somebody had tweeted out as someone who saw the scene in question. Um, if they oh. were to show that, uh, if they were to if they were to air that uh, episode that night, all people would all anybody would think about was Virginia. So it sounds like it was smart for them to just move it back a week. Yeah. So by playing off of that, I am wondering now, like, oh, sorry, 30 seconds or less. Uh, the shift in direction is going to be from a media's point of view. It's going to follow exactly, like, the effects of the, the hack. And then it's going to turn into, like, L.A. Riots kind of style. Hmm. And then um, it's going to, the, the show's going to end with F Society and with Elliot just on screen and, like, they're going to try to they they're just assessing like what their hack did to just in their general area and then it's going to end on that nice uh sarah so um i'm the exact opposite in a weird way um i just think the scene that caused it to get get delayed i think that has potential to be a scene where they're doing a f society pop, um broadcast with a Basque and um, at first we think it's Elliot and then there's a shot and it's the we somebody grabs the mask and it's Mr. Robot and then potentially maybe Elliot wakes up and it was a dream I think that could be fit into what the it was episode. a dream the whole time no 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 I'm saying that <laughs> that scene was a dream 
Oh, I um, see. Okay. Because Elliot that is makes a way drug more addict. sense. I should just never talk ever again. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, so, and I also, I, I think we might get more insight as to how this all started because Darlene, through Darlene and Angela's conversations, it sounds like Darlene came back to town just like a month or two before the season started and that's when F Society was formed. So we're gonna, I, I think we're gonna see potentially how De um, Darlene and Elliot came together and put put F, F Society together. Interesting. That makes sense because now the audience knows exactly like what like what's been going on. You know what's real and what's not now. So mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense. I try. <laughs> Well, thank you for the for the theories, guys. This is going to be uh, season finale is going to be a lot of fun. Um, just to let you guys know, we'll be talking all about uh, the season finale next week um, on the show, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Casey should be back. Uh, maybe hey, who knows? Maybe if Rose binges it, she can come back and share her opinion on the show. Um, but uh, we're going to be here seriously talking about it. Uh, watch out for uh, Sarah's posts. Um, I know she has a lot of ideas. Uh, and and I'm excited for you guys to hear to, or to to read this first post she's got because it's going to seriously make you think about a lot of things with the, everything leading up to the finale. It's it's really good. Um, all right, so that is uh, well, actually no, you know we haven't done this in a long time. Um, classic movie picks. We haven't done this in a long time, Matt. We didn't do that last time. No, we, didn't do we, that? we totally oh. forgot. I totally forgot. Um, so uh, Matt, why don't you kick us off? Because I'm I think I'm I'm. I'm throwing a curveball on Sarah here. So, uh, I've listened so. to the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. So she knows what's up. Okay, cool. All right, well, then. Someone does. We have at least I one did person. my homework. Well, that is so good to hear. Um, all right, so, so astute. With, astute. With that said, am, yep. do you have a pick? Wait, who, me or? Oh, Sarah. Oh. <laughs> um, I've Ever since I put together the put together I cannot talk anymore I'm so sorry um, but ever since I put together that gift post um, I want to go back and rewatch Friends because I miss that show so much Such and I show. it was Such and a good show. I think the time has elapsed for when I could not watch it because I knew every episode every line so well so <laughs> I can't I think I I can go back. I think there was enough breathing room. So yeah, I think you can go back to like the first season and just be like, wow, that's definitely what people wore in the nineties. <laughs> I was four years old. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. It's, and that's actually on Netflix. So if you want to go binge it, there you go right there. On oh, I own all the seasons. Yeah. Oh, well then <laughs> she paid her hard earned money for that. Did you not, snap, did you not understand that I've had to take, time away from the show jeez <laughs> oh well thank you for that pick uh sarah yeah. that's that's your first pick on the Friends. show um all right so matt what is your pick for this week uh i'm kind of cheating this week it's uh it's not really a classic uh movie or tv so it's not all a classic pick it's actually it's definitely cheating um I'm I'm picking a Kickstarter. Is that okay, Pete? Yeah, go nope. ahead. Go for so, it. So <laughs> there's a Kickstarter campaign. If you guys follow me on Twitter, you might have seen this already. But 
Um, if you're a big fan of giant robots, oh, hey, guys, we got that. That's it. That exists. And uh, the United States made the first one out here in Oakland, California. Holla, East Bay. Sorry. Anyway, uh, some some really funny dudes. Uh, what's it called? Um, made a giant robot. They're called uh, Megabots Incorporated. And they challenged Japan, who also has a fighting robot, to a duel. So, uh, yeah, two, uh, you know, um, people that are uh, piloting um, a mech, essentially, are going are gonna to fight in a few months in Japan. Uh, right now, they need a kick- the Kickstarter program is to get more people involved because the Japanese threw a curveball at them and said, hey, we don't want giant big American guns. We want, a, like, a fist fight. And America was like, sure, why not? And uh, so now they're like, hey, so we need some money to, like, retrofit their, uh, their robot to make sure it's, like, uh, you know, can throw a punch. It can self balance. So they got people like um, uh, they got people who work in like robotics who are working with like um, the self uprighting like uh, like robots that can walk on like loose rocks, you know, and can like uh, you know self align itself. They got NASA involved, uh, ready to make like a actual harness to keep the pilots safe. Um, they got uh, people from Hollywood to give it an awesome paint job. They got people working. Um, and like with military contracts for the treads, so they're really gonna make this mech that's like twenty feet tall plus. And the biggest part is they really need a camp. They want to start a campaign to get Arnold Schwarzenegger to be the uh, the last person to shoot off the guns before they do all the uh, modifications. So um, the Kickstarter program, look them up. They're called um, um, Megabot Incorporated. Um, I'll tweet at Cena Nerd so we can retweet it. It's a really fun campaign where it's trying to get more people involved with robotics and and at what level we're at now. And um, and duh, giant robots fighting each other. How cool is that? So that's my pick. When I say robot, you say mega, mega, robot. robot. What? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys are giving Wait. me I am definitely cheerleading that, man. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say... And um, the campaign is spearheaded by the Dark Army. Oh, dude. <laughs> I was waiting for that, but you wouldn't stop talking. Gonna... Oh, man. That's, that is an ongoing problem. I do not stop. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> I think you're very excited about it, so yes. Please, yeah. please donate. <laughs> I donated 50 bucks to get a shirt. And uh, so, yeah, so um, you have a lot of cool... Um, uh, rewards you can get for uh, for donating. So please do. Nice, nice. Very cool, man. Um, I am just going to suggest uh, an older movie. Actually, I've been watching it. It's been on TV quite a bit. Uh, Pearl Harbor. It was, uh, and I know no one, not everyone's a big fan of Michael Bay, and, and understandably so. But um, you know what? It's got Bruce Wayne. It's got Zod in it. Uh, it's got old Elektra. So it's um, definitely worth checking out. Do I need to clarify who I just taught, who I just mentioned? It's right got now? old Electra. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer, Jennifer Jennifer Garner was in it. No, yeah. she um, no, she's not. Yes, she is. No, Kate Beckinsale is. No, 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 she is. But Jennifer they Garner is like is like oh. side side girl. She's she right, the side Kate. chick. <laughs> Kate <laughs> Beckinsale's the main chick. <laughs> well, no, she's like one of like the girlfriends of of Jennifer Garner right. in the movie, like. Right. I believe. Jennifer I understand. Gar- okay. I understand. Um, uh, I want to say Jennifer Gardner was still kind of up and coming at that point. Like that's why she was just like a, a not she wasn't an was extra, like but just two thousand one or something I, like that. I, I or think early so. two, way early two thousands, I think something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she was in it. Michael Shannon is it in it? 
Zod, like I said, and Ben Affleck's in it, and uh, it's it it you know details the whole like attack on Pearl Harbor, which was actually visually quite amazing um, the way they shot that, and and uh, just really really cool to watch. I'll, I'll, you know, set set to the back, uh, set to a love story, pretty much. But if you get past the love story, I, they that action sequence, the attack on Pearl Harbor, is a good hour long. Um, so it's I think it's definitely worth checking out. So. That is my pick of the week for this week. Big and pick. with yeah. that, that is going to do it for our show. It's it's good Ooh. to be back, isn't it, Matt? It's it's very Feels good. Had a good time. Good to be back. It is. And and <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, welcome to our group. We're we're really uh, excited to have you a part of a scene and nerd. Well, it's good to be here. I enjoy talking with you guys. And, like, legitimately talking with you guys instead of listening to the podcast. <laughs> and then just you, like, yelling at me, like, or us, like, no, no. you're wrong, you idiot. <laughs> now you can say it to my, to my virtual face, to my avatar. Yeah. Um, all right, so we will be, uh, as we usually do, we're going to sign off. Uh, Sarah, let everyone know where they can find you at. Um, I'm on Twitter and Tumblr at SJ Belmont, spelled S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. And I have a YouTube channel with a few fan-made or fandom videos under my full name, Sarah Belmont. Awesome. Uh, and uh, hunt vampires in your, in your, uh, with your family lineage? What? No? Okay, never mind. That was <laughs> wait, the game to play video games as well. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard about that game. I was actually in college. Um, a few friends of mine went on this. Um, we tried to shoot a document, documentary about video oh. games. And one of the people we interviewed, um, he mentioned that whole relationship with my yeah. name. Yeah. And Castle then they made me. Fans. Yeah. yeah. Then they made me play the game. <laughs> And I thought. <laughs> well, was it fun? No. Did it awaken any... Uh... I, I don't like things that I'm not good at. I'm just normal. <laughs> nice. Oh, um, all right. Uh, Matt, where can they find you at? You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Vine sometimes. Uh, and I'm going to get a Periscope uh, account soon. I didn't make that candy bacon I was said I was going to do, so sorry, guys. But uh, you can find me all those places at I'm Salzy, I-M-S-A-L-Z-Y. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at PacingPete. You can find us on Twitter at Scene and Nerd, Instagram Scene and Nerd, uh, Gmail Scene, letter N Nerd at gmail.com. And find us on iTunes. Uh, subscribe, uh, rate us, uh, give us comments, let us know what you think. Um, that is going to do it till next week when we talk even more in depth about uh, Mr. Robot in the season finale. That is going to be a lot of fun, so stay tuned for that. Till next time, you have a DVR, use it. Oh, Sarah, you should say bye like six times. Bye. Like, bye. Bye. <laughs> in succession, quickly, but that's fine. Wait, that's Matt. <laughs>